Thanks again for tuning in. This is Malachias with the Warriors Garden. Today, I want to talk to you specifically about emotional regulation. So by definition, emotional self-regulation or emotional regulation is the ability to respond to the ongoing demands of experience with the range of emotions in a manner that is socially tolerable and sufficiently flexible to permit spontaneous reactions, as well as the ability to delay spontaneous reactions as needed. So one area that I'm jumping right in, by the way, just in case you didn't know. So one area that we as people that have been through trauma, right? So one of the things that we uh, we struggle with is regulating the outflow of emotion while we're dealing with difficult areas of our life, right? One of the things that I've noticed, and I'm not alone in this, I know that a lot of us that have been through this are the same way, especially veterans and first responders. We struggle with reacting to sadness, reacting to areas that require us to emote a sad emotion. So, and this is, this whole topic is kind of because earlier this week, which, and this happens semi-regularly um, with my wife and I, and it, it's, it's something that I'm working on. It's an area where I struggle. We, we get into these discussions and I personally, I don't get sad anymore. I get angry. Ever since... I came home from my first deployment to Iraq. I have a very hard time exhibiting a sad response or a sad emotion. To me, for me, it's like that emotion has been turned off and it's locked. And so when I get sad, I get angry. Not upset, angry. I find that it's harder to discuss those situations. And so what I end up doing is I close off. I stop talking because I know that I'm emoting the wrong thing. I know that I shouldn't be angry. I shouldn't be pissed off. I shouldn't be mad. I shouldn't want to be throwing things or whatever. And so instead of engaging, I withdraw. I listen. I hear everything that's coming in. But I have a really, really hard time balancing out and allowing the sadness to actually surface and come out. And so that makes me even, and it, it creates this cycle where you get angry at yourself for what you're doing, and then you argue with yourself. And so, and I really hope that, I hope that you're bringing your spouses in or your significant others in to listen to this episode. Because I think this will be helpful. One of the areas where I think we can improve on this or a way that we can improve on this is you get into a discussion and, and tempers flare and you start to get angry and then you allow that emotion to come out, right? And let's be real. You say don't be emotional, but angry is an emotion. So you're being emotional when you emote the anger. And so what we do is we sit back, we realize that there's all this stuff happening. We become overwhelmed with emotions. We become overwhelmed with the response to it. We know that we're exhibiting the wrong response and we catch it, but we don't know what to do with it or how to change it in the moment. And so a lot of times we walk away you go do something else, you go try to calm down, you get relaxed, you come back, and then you start, one of you starts rehashing everything that you just went through. 
all the things that were just talked about. Like you're trying to you're trying to recap it and catch it back up so you can so that you can pick back up where you were and, and continue forward. Don't start over. Don't go back and talk about everything that just created this cataclysm, this cataclysm of emotion and response and anger and elevation and all of that. Don't go over it all. We both know what was just discussed. We both know what was just talked about. If you're able to catch yourself and walk away, when you come back, acknowledge, hey, I'm sorry about that. I was out of my control. I had to walk away to calm down. And then pick up where you left off. Don't start over. Don't go back through all the stuff that just created this emotional moment. Pick up where you left off and start moving forward. We both know what we just talked about. We both know where we were. We both know what was going on and what was said. Don't rehash it. Apologize for your reaction because it's something we're working on. Acknowledge it and step forward. But until we make, again, until we make that conscious decision that I don't want to react like this anymore. I'm tired of reacting like this and I'm going to do something about it. Not that I want to, not that I need to, but I'm going, right? We use action words. So I'm going to do something different. So you step up, you make the decision. You don't make a choice because again, choices are static, decisions are dynamic, right? They take motion and movement. They create a following or a focus forward. And it really, it, it goes back to the old adage of a body in motion stays in motion. So let's get into motion and stay there. Not emotion, but into motion and stay there. I think that, and again, all of this stuff is just, this is my experiences. These are my thoughts from my research and from my life experiences that I've gone through. And there's, I know that there's people out there that are just like, dude, you're way off your rocker. I don't care. I'm finding what's working for me, you know, because I'm getting up and doing something about it. I'm not just sitting here waiting for things to get better. You know, it is what it is. So, so I'm going to tell you a story. I was, I was in college at Lipscomb University. I was in a world literature class and we were doing, what was the, uh, Homer's Odyssey. And my professor, who's a, he's a PhD guy, he's, he's an amazing dude. He's very, very well educated and very, very uh, in tune to the students in his class. And he pays a lot of attention. We were, we were having a discussion about Homer and we, I, we started discussing about, someone had brought up about the amount of empathy that he started to show. And it came around to like, everybody kind of has to engage. And it was just like, my professor looked at me and he was like, so what do you think about that? And I was like, well, I said, you know, for me, it's harder to make that connection because empathy is something I don't have. Like, it's not there anymore. Like after my time in combat, like I came home and that, that part of me has been kind of, it's gone. Like it's not there anymore. And it's not that I don't want it there. It's just that it's not there. And I can be sympathetic to someone like, dang, that sucks. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm sorry you're going through that, but I don't have that thing in me anymore where I feel what they feel when they're going through it. Like I don't have that empathetic gene. This 19 year old girl turns around, looks at me, I'm in my forties and she looks at me and she goes, you're just a bad person then. And before I could even say anything, my professor goes, no, out in the hall, go. And he handled it. I think that's part of the emotional regulation, that connection to empathy. And I think that when we can find ways to stretch and exercise that emotion and that thought process and that ability, because that's what it is. It's an ability. It's something that we have, you know, you can nurture that and you can grow it. 
I fully believe, and I have to believe, otherwise, you know, it's pointless, that empathy can be relearned. It's something that can be retrained. It's something that can be redone within us. It's not something that's gone forever. It's not a permanent, you know, purge. Um, I don't want to call it a gene, but it's, it's, you know, empathy is, you know, to be empathetic to something is, I think it's important, but just because you're not able to exercise it right away, doesn't mean you're a bad person. And it just means you got something you're working on. And again, this isn't about the fact, I don't want you to ever think that this is an excuse to treat people like shit. This is not that. This is a, this is a defining, this is why we're the way we are. We're going to fix it. We're not going to stay here and we're not going to be okay with it, right? But it's important to understand that just because you're not able to regulate or to move those emotions into a place where you want them to be, it doesn't justify a negative or crappy treatment of other people. Check yourself in the mirror and make sure that you're telling yourself that, hey, it's not okay. I'm going to fix this. So and I think that once we, again, we make the decision, the conscious decision, you know, you say it to yourself out loud. I know it sounds cheesy. Like I have a, a client that I work with that I was, we were talking and she's going through a lot. And, and I, I brought up that, you know, it's, it's not okay to allow someone to have emotional control over you when they're no longer an effective role or part of your life. And so when those thoughts of that person come up and it starts to detract from your day or it starts to take away from the growth that you're making out loud to yourself out loud, like in a verbal out loud where you can hear it, tell that person, even when they're not there, no, you don't get that you don't get that ability over me anymore. Screw you. It's done. I'm moving on. You don't get to do this to me anymore. And then start your day, start your movement, start your growth. But again, that comes with changing that perspective, changing that focus from looking at yourself in a way that you're broken or focusing on your trauma and you shift that perspective onto focusing on your healing and focusing on your growth. When that shift happens, that, that conscious decision is made that's where you start finding the effective movement into a more holistic, a more growth area. And you'll find that life is happier that way. There's still going to be, you know, drops. You're still going to fall. Just get back up. It's not, a, and, and I know we've all heard the phrase. It's not about how many times you fall. It's how many times you get back up. You know, it, it, that's really what it's about. And sometimes we have to stop picking everybody up and, and candy coat and everything and putting pads on it. And we need to let people fall so that they remember what it's like to get back up because we've forgotten that feeling. You know, we have a phrase in the military that discomfort brings growth. Stop running from the uncomfortable parts. Start changing your perspective and the way you're looking at it and look at it from a perspective of what am I learning from this? How can I grow from this experience? How can I find a way to improve my walk, to improve who I am? So, and like I said, I still struggle with this. Like I still have moments where, and we just had one this last week, you know, where, you know, we ended up in the car and, and my wife's telling me about how I'm treating her. And, and it's like, it's right. I mean, she's not wrong. It's, she's not wrong. I'm, I'm not treating her the way I should be. I'm not treating her as well as she deserves, but it's hard to have. Again, that's a hard conversation to even have when you're struggling with, you know, that you suck right now. You know that you're not treating people the way they deserve. You know that you're distancing yourself. You know that you're withdrawing. You know all this. 
It's not hidden from you. You know. You look in the mirror and you see it. You think about it when you're driving by yourself places. And it's okay to acknowledge that. It's not okay to use it as a justification. Like, well, I guess I just suck and I'm going to treat you like crap then. I guess I just treat people bad. That's the way I am. No. Find ways to grow from it. Don't let it have control. I used to have a phrase I used to say, it was in my book, um, A Warrior's Garden, that it's not about PTSD. I don't have PTSD, but it's my PTSD. And so you focus on the fact that you're in the driver's seat, you're in control. And again, it's not that you're not going to have moments. You're not going to have these times in public where you feel overwhelmed and anxious. And, and yesterday, you know, like last night we went to the mall and... I had to replace my wedding band because it broke and we went to the place where we bought it from because I just got a new one this year, this last year, and we've been really blessed. And so we've, we've taken some time to kind of spoil each other a little bit. And so I got a new wedding band and I took and it's beautiful. It's, you know, it's, it's tungsten carbide and it's got a gold inlay and it's really pretty and it shattered the tungsten carbide shattered. And so we went back to the store that we bought it from and showed it to them and they're like, holy, okay, here's a new one. They took care of it. They completely just took care of it. And so... The mall was so full of people and just disrespectful teenagers and all of this junk that I got overwhelmed. And I just, I stopped talking. I didn't want to talk because I was, there was too much happening, you know? And I know that we all go through it, but. All right, we're going to take a break really quick to pay some bills. We'll be right back after this. Hey everybody, this is Malachias with The Warrior's Garden and today I want to talk to you about Scars and Stripes Coffee. Look, this is an opportunity for veterans to get back in the driver's seat with their finances and get back in the driver's seat with their opportunity to be a part of something that's bigger than who they are. Scars and Stripes Coffee supports our nation's heroes and it supports them in a way that's financially removing the burden off their own shoulders. So if you have the opportunity, go to scarsandstripescoffee.com and buy coffee from a veteran today. Support our nation's heroes in a way that supports them hey welcome back so thanks for listening to our sponsors um yeah and it's you know i try really hard to not put myself in positions or places into situations where i am overwhelmed because i know that those emotions come out the wrong way i know that i haven't mastered that regulation part yet i haven't mastered the ability uh, to let those out in positive ways. I mean, I'm better at it than I was, you know, even six months to a year ago, but it's still a struggle. I think that there are ways, there's there's different therapies. You can do cognitive processing therapy. You can do EMDR. You can do brain mapping. You can do play therapy. You can do all the different types of therapies and find ways to start transitioning out of that mindset and that thought process. But again, it all starts with first acknowledging that you need to do something about it and then making the decision to actually get up and do it because see once you make the decision it means you have to get into motion and you're and you start doing things i tell people a lot that it's it's okay to acknowledge you went through something it's not okay to allow what you went through to define who you are we need to stop making a identity out of the trauma and start making the identity out of the healing we start making the identity of how we've improved of the growth that we've made and again i can't stress this enough that just because you've been through something just because you have ptsd it doesn't mean you have a green light to treat people like shit in fact 
you even more than before don't get to. We have to find, and this is, I'm coming from it. I have PTSD. I've been through trauma. I'm not just saying this as like, I don't have the experience. I'm telling you just because you've been through it, just because the things have happened doesn't mean that you get to treat people like shit. You don't. It's not their responsibility to help you find that path. It's yours. It's your responsibility. If they want to be a part of it, that's great. That's amazing. It's awesome that you have someone that wants that. But even if you don't, it's your responsibility. I made a video the other day, and I'm very passionate about this thought process and this this mentality is don't bleed on people who didn't cut you don't have diarrhea of the emotion on someone who wasn't the reason that you went through trauma and you don't get to use the excuse of why i went in the military to serve and protect them and they didn't do crap and i'm gonna but shut up fix you put the same effort into your healing that you put into your military service the same effort that you put into being physically fit the same effort that you put into protecting those you love Put that into healing and you will find more growth and more benefit and more everything from that than you ever found in preparing for combat in preparing to be a firefighter and preparing to be a cop, you know, and preparing to be an EMT. Put the same effort that you gave that into your healing journey. And for those of you that, that haven't experienced life changing trauma, for those of you who haven't been to combat that you, you're, you know, you're preparing to become a cop or you're preparing to go to like, you know, the firefighter academy or become an EMT or any of these things, start working on these things now. Start working on healthy coping mechanisms now. Start working on your pyramid. If you don't know what the pyramid is, go back and listen to some of my earlier episodes where we define and talk about the healing pyramid, where we talk about your coping mechanisms. You know, it creates seven individual pieces of coping mechanisms. You have a spiritual, a creative, and a physical. And then the com combination of all of them, which creates a total of seven coping mechanisms, right? That's one a day. There's seven days in a week, right? That's one a day for seven days. So every week you could do a different coping mechanism intentionally. You could take time to engage that coping mechanism so that when trauma actually happens, you're there and prepared, right? So we as first responders, we as, as, as military service members, we have people in the service, you know, the service industry, right? Um, these protective industries. We take all this time to prepare and to train and to prepare and to train over and over and over and over and over again to the point that the reactions become second nature, that the body takes over when the mind can't, which happens. I can tell you of multiple stories in my own life where that happened in combat, where the body took over because the brain shut down and things happened the way that it needed to happen, right? Because the body had been trained into muscle memory. It was muscle memory. It was autonomic, okay? It was it completely just automatic muscle memory that went and was engaged. And so if we take and we step back and we train that way about our growth, about healing, about preparing for that stuff, we start engaging our seven individual sets of coping mechanisms, one a day, every day, seven days a week, and rotate them out. Then when the time comes and those things are needed, we're naturally gonna fall back into them and use them. And that will make the ability to self-regulate, to emotionally regulate a lot easier. And I, had, I believe, I fully believe that had we been taught these things that I've discovered, and I'm not the only one that's discovering, people are teaching this all the time in other ways, right? But they're all, we're all saying the same thing. But if we had been taught this prior to and given these coping mechanisms before it ever happened, then we would have them to fall back on when it does. And I really believe that this is the situation that are the older generations, the World War One, the Korean vets, I feel that this is an area where they excelled at 
because they were raised that hey when you're stressed out you go work on the farm when you're stressed out you go do this when this happens you go do this you lean into your faith you know like hey you know we all they all did something creative you know building something making something whatever and and so they had these coping mechanisms naturally ingrained and so when they would go through trauma they would go do these things so they had something already in their kit bag right we haven't had that we've fallen away from it and i think it's where we struggle it's like i don't have coping mechanisms i wasn't taught coping mechanisms my dad you didn't show emotion. Emotion was weak. And I hope that I taught my kids the opposite. I really do. You know, I'm not the greatest dad. You know, I try to be. I try really, really hard to be a good father. You know, and I failed miserably in multiple areas. I acknowledge that. And I've apologized to my kids for it. I'm sorry. I really am. I can't, I mean, I can't stress that enough. I've been a shitty husband. I've been, I'm on my third marriage. And, and one of these days, I'll tell you that story of, you know, the growth that I had from my first wife to my second wife to the wife I'm with now, who's just like, she's a godsend because she, for one, she loves me unconditionally, but two, she's not, she loves me enough that she's not willing to sit back and just let me be a piece of shit or let me suck. She's going to force me to grow. And we don't all have that. We don't all have that blessing. We don't all have that person in our corner. I know, but we don't all have that person that's not willing to just sit back and let you suck at life. Prior to this marriage, and I'm, I'm going to go into it a little bit, but prior to this marriage, I was going through my second divorce. My second wife had really hurt me and, and just, you know, she had cheated and just all this stuff had happened, um, all these things. And when we split, I didn't know, like she... I felt like it was all my fault. I did everything wrong. I treated her like crap. She told me that I did. I bought it. I believed it, everything. And I had a buddy who came over who literally kicked the door in a couple times a week and was like, go get a shower. We're going to go eat. When's the last time you ate? Go get a shower. And he he, he did. And I, I mean, I can't, my, I mean, Mike saved my life because I did. I had suicidal ideation there for a while. I was going to kill myself. I was thinking about it. I was creating a plan in my head. And finally, one day I was just like, you know what? No, screw this. I've got a son. I've got shit to do. But I had that person in my corner who reached out, who reached back, who was just like, what are you going through? What's going on? But again, that's a situation where I hadn't been taught in my life how to emote properly. I wasn't taught proper emotional regulation. I wasn't taught how to react or how to act to these things. And it's not a justification. It's not a, you know, it's okay because it's just, I mean, that's what happened. Right. I wasn't taught it. I had to learn it. You don't get again. You don't get a free pass just because you've been through something or some something that, you know, this is the way it is that that. Well, I, I wasn't taught, so I don't know. No bullshit. You're going to learn. OK, so look, it also boils down to like, you know, you could have had a shitty upbringing. Your parents could have sucked. Your childhood was horrible. You were abused. All the things, all the things. You don't get to use that as an excuse for being a shitty parent or a shitty adult, because at some point you have to. You have to take control of your own life and you have to decide that you're not going to be like that, that you're going to be better than that. You don't get to just sit back and go, well, my parents sucked and, you know, because they were horrible, I guess I'm just a shitty person. And no, that's not an excuse. You don't get to use that as an excuse. Yes, yeah, something shitty happened to you. You weren't given good you know coping spells you weren't taught properly your parents didn't raise you right you were treated like shit you were treated like you were unwanted you were unloved or whatever okay i get it it sucks now do something about it learn find a mentor be better than that don't perpetuate and pass that shit on that right there is the epitome of the biblical curse that we pass down through generations, the generational trauma that happens from generation to generation, from, you know, grandparent to parent to, to child to grandchild to all of it. We, we pass it down because we don't do anything about it. 
that's how it becomes generational. So why we're in a situation we're in now because we didn't teach our children so that they could teach their children how to properly emote. Just because you're masculine doesn't mean you don't cry. Just because you're masculine doesn't mean that you don't get sad. It doesn't mean that you get to beat your wife when she's out of line. That's not what masculinity is. That's not how you properly emote your emotions. You have to take a moment every day, look in the mirror and ask yourself this one question. What am I doing that's improving the situation that I have now? What am I doing that is lessening the effect of the trauma that I've been through? What am I doing every single day that shifts the focus onto the growth? Thanks everybody for tuning in and listening. Thank you for all the support. I'm going to ask that you guys share this podcast with the people that you love, the people that you care about, you know, play this one again for your spouses and your loved ones um, and all that. So next week when we record, I'm going to be doing my first ever interview with Dr. Joey Kong. Um, Dr. Joey Kong is a triple board certified medical professional. She's in the stem cell treatment arena she is in addictions and recovery and she is in psychiatry and neurology so it's a lot of areas i actually have a lot of passion about and a lot of areas that i really 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 care about but we're going to talk a little bit about dr joy and her life experience we're going to talk about the book that she just wrote uh the tiger of beijing and then we're going to discuss her opinions her thoughts professional opinions and professional thoughts on how stem cell treatment actually can benefit our veterans first responders and family members who struggle with trauma and traumatic brain injury so make sure that you're paying attention. Make sure that you're watching. Next week we record. It should be up the week after, so it'll be up in the next week or so. Keep paying attention. Keep sharing. Keep supporting the Warriors Garden you know, Nation, and let's just get it going. I love you guys. I love all of you. Thanks for everything. God bless. Take care. Strength and honor. Yeah.